Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy and in today's video we're going to be doing a 12 team PPR mock draft from the 4th overall spot on Sleeper. In today's video I'm going to be discussing my thought process on what I would be looking to do in a 12 team league from the 4th overall spot. I'm also going to be talking about the picks going on around me and expressing my dislike or maybe my like for the picks going on around me and just talk about overall draft strategy as a whole inside today's video. So if you do end up enjoying today and you are new to my YouTube channel, please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below. Not only is it free, I put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2021 fantasy football championship. And while you're down there, whether you are new or not, please make sure that you hit that like button down below to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video. I'd also like to let you guys know that if you do end up enjoying reading fantasy football content, you enjoy the written fantasy football content, please make sure that you check out the link pinned in the comment section or the link in the descriptions to my articles on Osmo.com. I post every single day on there as well. So without further ado, let's get into it. The roster settings for this draft are one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, flex kicker defense, and six bench spots. So let's get on into it. Now, the first two picks of every single 12-team PPR mock draft, or basically every single mock draft ever, 8-team, 10-team, 12-team, 14-team, unless it's a super flex league, are going to be the same two players every single time. The number one overall pick is Christian McCaffrey probably 99.99999% of the time and the number two overall pick a majority of the time is Dalvin Cook. I think that Christian McCaffrey easily deserves to be the number one overall pick in every league because he's the only running back in fantasy football that can successfully average 30 PPR points per game every single year basically and just be dominant when he is given the correct workload and I believe that he is healthy going into the season so he deserves the number one overall spot and at number two with Dalvin Cook even if there is some slight injury concern. He's going to be that pick every single time because he's close up there with Christian McCaffrey. At number three, we see Alvin Kamara. So at the number three overall spot, that's when the draft really starts opening because those first two picks are locked and loaded. At number three, the world is your oyster. You can do whatever you want with it. Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott. You can see all of those players going at the number four overall spot before the injury to Carson Wentz, before the injury to Quentin Nelson. I could have easily seen Jonathan Taylor being the number four overall spot, but with we with what we know right now, due to those injuries, I do not feel comfortable at all drafting Jonathan Taylor at this spot. While I believe that Derrick Henry does have limited upside technically because he's not a very good pass catching running back, like seven catches this season if I'm being honest with you but at the end of the day that does not really matter at all because even if he's only catching the ball 10 15 20 times a season what you're getting from Derrick Henry is 100 plus yards damn near every single fucking game and if this offense gets to that next level with Julio Jones they're able to move the ball up the field so easily I am perfectly fine drafting Derrick Henry at the fourth overall spot even if he basically has zero receiving upside after Derrick Henry comes Nick Chubb Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Tyreek Hill, Ezekiel Elliott, Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, and Austin Eckler to close out the first round. Like I say in all these mock draft videos, the first round every single time is going to be so heavily dominated by the running back position. We see one, two, three non-running backs being drafted inside of the first round, those being Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Devontae Adams. So I'm very interested to see how average draft position kind of shifts as we get closer to your real drafts in late August or early September. September when it comes to Devontae Adams because to me Devontae Adams should be the number one overall wide receiver off the board this guy year in and 
year out, has such a large target share inside of this offense for both when driving up the field as well as in the red zone, that to me, he is a locked and loaded first round pick and a locked and loaded number one wide receiver pick, especially since Aaron Rodgers is going to be pissed off because he basically hates the fucking Packers. He just wants to have a great season and then get his way out of there, maybe go to Denver or something. But I genuinely believe Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big season. I believe Devontae Adams will yet again. So the second round begins with Aaron Jones, followed by Pat Mahomes, Joe Mixon, Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, Najee Harris, and George Kittle. Now, Pat Mahomes going in the second round to me is a stupid pick because when I'm looking for a quarterback, I'm looking in the fifth plus round because I believe if you draft Pat Mahomes in the second round, your running back depth is going to take a hit. Your wide receiver depth is going to take a hit where you could just draft a quarterback much later in the draft and then be putting up pretty similar numbers to a guy like Patrick Mahomes, especially if you hit on that quarterback. And the odds that Patrick Mahomes finishes as the number one overall quarterback really aren't that high when you could probably just draft Josh Allen in the fifth round and he has very similar upside. Same thing with Lamar Jackson, a Kyler Murray. So that's why I'm kind of against drafting a quarterback this early on in the draft. I'm also definitely against drafting a guy like George Kittle inside of the second round because it's not that I hate the tight end position because I'm fine taking Travis Kelsey in the first round. I'm fine taking Darren Waller in the second round. But to me, George Kittle just has a little bit more risk because of his injury concerns in the past, as well as the risk that Jimmy Garoppolo just ends up getting benched sometimes in the, sometime in this season. And then we see Trey Lance. How much are they going to be throwing? How much is this offense going to change with Trey Lance under center? Will George Kittle still be a primary target in that offense? Because he's Jimmy's right-hand man, but will he be Trey Lance's? I'm not too sure about that. So to me, there is a big risk in taking George Kittle in the second round, whereas taking a guy like Darren Waller doesn't really concern me at all. So the second round is when things start to open up a little more. You'll see some more wide receivers, some more tight ends, and sometimes a quarterback, but it is still going to be primarily running backs in most drafts. So right here, we are up at the 209, and I'm looking at running backs. Right now, we got J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looking at wide receiver, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley. Now, North Normally, I look to get that one-two punch at the running back position in the first two rounds, but here, to me, the value is just so strong, and a wide receiver that I believe is being heavily slept upon by a majority of players, and that is going to be Calvin Ridley, wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons. If you guys know anything about the Atlanta Falcons offense, it is that these guys are addicted to throwing the ball all game fucking long. Matt Ryan should probably have the most amount of passing attempts in the National Football League this year. If he's not number one, he's probably inside of the top three if he is able to stay healthy because the defense there in Atlanta is hot garbage and Calvin Ridley is going to be getting fed aggressively with these passes. So I love Calvin Ridley here later on in the second round. I think a lot of people are going to be drafting DeAndre Hopkins ahead of him and I think that is not what I would be doing. I do like DeAndre Hopkins. That's not a dig on DeAndre Hopkins, but I do believe Calvin Ridley has more upside in this Atlanta Falcons offense. After Calvin Ridley, we see A.J. Brown followed by J.K. Dobbins and Justin Jefferson to close out the second round. In the third round, we see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Darren Waller, and Antonio Gibson. I love Darren Waller, like I was saying. I genuinely believe he is one of those tight ends that could, he probably is the only tight end, in my opinion, that can actually compete with Travis Kelsey to become the number one overall guy, because I believe, unless there is an injury to Kelsey or to Waller, I don't know who else could be the number one overall tight end of fantasy football. 
because no one, no other tight end is going to get that insane amount of volume that either of those guys get. After that was Antonio Gibson, who is a steal inside of the, the third round. I think he's going to typically be more of a second round pick. So looking at wide receivers, don't really love Michael Thomas right now inside of the third round. Obviously, I think you have to continue to wait on him, but some people will still take him in the fourth, in the fifth round, because they believe that when Michael Thomas returns, he's going to have this tremendous value, and he could, but this high up in the draft, I'm definitely looking to be fading. Michael Thomas. So looking at running backs, DeAndre Swift, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Chris Carson, David Montgomery, and Darrell Henderson going around this range. Now, normally, I would go ahead and tell you guys to draft Chris Carson at this pick because of the immense amount of safety that Chris Carson has when compared to a running back like maybe DeAndre Swift, who to me is a little bit more risky because this Detroit Lions offense should be a complete and utter fucking dumpster fire in 2021. But I believe the upside really is there for DeAndre Swift since he is one of the best pass catchers on this team. Him and TJ Hawkinson, in my opinion, are the two best pass catchers on that team. And DeAndre Swift's a running back. Hawkinson is a tight end. So I think DeAndre Swift is going to be very heavily involved in this offense, but I would be a bit cautious because there is a lot of talk about Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift being the one-two punch in this offense, a 1A, 1B, and that they are going to run with the hot hand approach. I believe DeAndre Swift is by far and away better than Jamal Williams, but he definitely will be pretty involved in this offense, in my opinion. In reality, it's not really just my opinion. It's just the reports that are coming out that I choose to believe. So after DeAndre Swift comes Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Michael Thomas, Josh Allen, Allen Robinson, Julio Jones, Chris Carson, David Montgomery, Mike Evans, Kyler Murray, Kyle Pitts, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, and Travis Etienne. Now, when you're drafting a tight end early, sure, I just talked about it, how I'm fine doing it. I'm fine drafting a tight end in the first, the second, the third, or the fourth round. But to me, drafting Kyle Pitts inside of the fourth round is a humongous gamble. It's not because you're gambling on Kyle Pitts making a step into the league and that he's going to be shitty, right? He was a top five pick for a reason in the NFL draft because the Atlanta Falcons and basically everyone who's ever watched Kyle Pitts play football in Florida believes that he is a very talented tight end and I do not disagree with it but Kyle Pitts is going to have this insane, he's going to have to have this insane outlier season at the tight end position to finish top five. In the last decade, the last 10 years, only one rookie tight end has finished inside the top five, and that was Evan Ingram in his rookie year. So I'm not saying that Kyle Pitts can't do it, but when you're drafting him in the fourth round to me, you are drafting him at his ceiling. I would much rather prefer to draft a guy like Mark Andrews or a guy like TJ Hawkinson over Kyle Pitts. I understand why you want to draft Kyle Pitts because this guy was making SEC defenders look like a bunch of fucking idiots out there. They couldn't cover him at all. But what I'm saying is that there's a lot of risk in it when you're drafting a rookie tight end. So tread carefully. I'm not saying don't draft Kyle Pitts, but inside the fourth round, that's a little bit crazy. I would much rather let my league mates do that. And then maybe in the sixth round, pick up a TJ Hawkinson, who it appears that a lot of people just don't understand is going to be very involved in Detroit and is a very solid tight end who is in his third year of his NFL career. So looking at the board right now, we got two running backs. We got one wide receiver. I'm very happy with the roster construction we have so far. So looking at the running back spot, Darrell Henderson, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin, James Robinson, Javante Williams, and Mike Davis. I'm fine waiting until the fifth round to get another running back because I do like Darrell Henderson a lot, if I'm being honest with you. But with what we know right now, it seems to be that all things are pointing to that that it's going to actually be Darrell Henderson's season in LA for the Rams, that he is going to be the workhorse back there, and, they're, and that they're not going to bring anyone else back there to contest with him. 
But to me, there is still a chance, Now I'm not saying it's a super high chance, that they bring in maybe a Todd Gurley or a Le'Veon Bell to kind of spell his workload, and that would suck for Darrell Henderson. I think he's a fine pick here, but looking at the wide receiver position, there are a couple of wide receivers that are still available that I genuinely believe have top 10 potential. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Robert Woods would be those players. Now, right now, it appears based on everything that I've been reading that Amari Cooper should be good. He's looking great in rehab work. Everything should be fine for Amari Cooper, so I'm not really pushing back on drafting Amari Cooper just yet, but if we hear a week from now, that he's not back practicing, that things are getting worse, then I'm ready to move on from Amari Cooper and move CeeDee Lamb up. But based upon what I know, I'm going to be drafting Amari Cooper right now. CeeDee Lamb may be slightly safer because there is no real injury risk with him right now. He is perfectly healthy, so maybe that is the coin flip you want to play in your head. I have them ranked back-to-back inside my rankings, so if you're looking to be ultra-safe, then draft CeeDee Lamb, but I believe that Amari Cooper is going to be the wide receiver one in targets on this Dallas Cowboys team. And I believe this Dallas Cowboys team is going to be ultra pass heavy in 2021 as their defense sucks complete and utter donkey cock. So they're going to have to be throwing the ball all game long. And that bodes very well for the number one wide receiver on the team and the number two wide receiver in Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb who go back to back Michael Jordan 96-97 in this draft. After CeeDee Lamb comes Lamar Jackson, DJ Moore, Darrell Henderson, and Adam Thielen, and Kareem Hunt. We are about 14-ish minutes into this mock draft, so if you guys have ended up enjoying thus far, please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below. Now, this draft has been pretty different to what we normally see with the quarterback position in mock drafts, because normally someone takes Patrick Mahomes, and then once that second guy comes off the board, the Josh Allen, the Kyler Murray, the Lamar Jackson, then panic genuinely normally ensues where you see like four quarterbacks go in the range of 10 picks we didn't necessarily see that happen in this draft but again quarterbacks go so differently in each draft in my opinion because in some drafts you're playing with newer players and they are going to believe that the quarterback position is the most important position in fantasy football so they reach up and pick them but if you're in a kind of more expert kind of league or a more well-seasoned league like with some salt and fucking pepper and some nice steak sauce on there a well-seasoned league where people have been playing for a while and then the quarterbacks tend to fall but in a majority of leagues I would say quarterbacks do go off the board relatively fast so looking at our team right now I am pretty confident in drafting a running back at the 5-4 we got two running backs and two wide receivers already on our roster and I believe there's a pretty big fall off after a couple of these running backs so the question is who do you want to draft would you go with Miles Gaskin or Mike Davis at this pick currently I have Miles Gaskin ranked just a couple of spots ahead of Mike Davis I do like drafting both of them inside of the fifth round so I I wouldn't be disappointed if I got Mike Davis here. If I was stuck with him, I'd be perfectly fine as well because I believe Mike Davis is the lead running back in Atlanta and is going to be getting a lot of work for this team. Miles Gaskin, the lead running back in Miami, was putting up top 12 numbers last season when he became the head dog there in Miami, and I believe he's going into that this season that way. And as a Dolphins fan, I look at the camp footage a lot. I read a lot about the Dolphins training camp, and Miles Gaskin is looking really good, and this offensive line is looking a lot better. So after Miles Gaskin came Russell Wilson, Mark Andrews, Jamar Chase, Dickie Dak, Prescott, Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, and Justin Herbert, the pervert. The sixth round begins with TJ Hawkinson, Javante Williams, Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Davis, Melvin Gordon, James Robinson, Brandon Ayuk, and Deontay Johnson. I've talked about Odell Beckham Jr. ad nauseum at this point, but if I'm being honest with you, I would rather let Mike Tyson 
fucking punch prime Mike Tyson punch me directly in the cock over drafting Odell Beckham Jr. in the sixth round. I really see absolutely zero upside in Odell Beckham Jr. I don't believe he's the same wide receiver as he was back in the day. And even if he is, even if he steps up and plays like that, he's on a very run-heavy system in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski as the head coach. So I'm very nervous about drafting Odell Beckham Jr. This guy also drafted, or girl, it's a robot. I don't know if the robot's a guy or a girl that we're drafting up against, but Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay got hurt in practice with a hamstring. Isn't the greatest, isn't the worst. But if you're about avoiding injuries, you're about being a little nervous on injuries, then maybe Kenny Galladay is a fade option for you. So looking at the board right now, the running backs did fall off the board that I liked. The other running back was Mike Davis. So I'm glad that I took a running back there inside of the fifth round because these other running backs, Edmonds, Fournette, Raheem Mostert, Ronald Jones, they're a lot more of a coin flip to me, a bit of a, a dice roll that I'm not really willing to be taking as my running back three because I want my running back three to be a guy that I'm confident to slot in week in and week out like I'm confident in Miles Gaskin I'm confident in Mike Davis to potentially finish as a top 12 running back whereas Chase Edmonds he's gonna have to shake off James Conner and really cement himself as the guy there Leonard Fournette Ronald Jones in a battle that will never end because Bruce Arians is one of those coaches that will just use the hot hand approach and even if the guy has the hot hand, he makes one minute mistake and Bruce Arians is ready to fucking fire the guy out of the cannon that they have on the ship inside of the stadium in Tampa Bay. So I don't know. It just seems a lot more risky than drafting a guy like Miles Gaskin or Mike Davis inside of the fifth round. Looking at the tight end still available, we're at the point where you've gotten all the big tight ends off the board. You've gotten Kittle, Waller, Kelsey. Pitts, Andrews, and Hawkinson off the board. So now I'm on a full-on wait mode. I'm not trying to draft Noah Fant. I'm not trying to draft Dallas Godert. Now I love Dallas Godert, but with the chances that Zach Ertz is probably going to be there this season, that's really going to limit his upside. So I'm just running away from that. Gasicki, I like him as a Dolphins fan. But I don't know. It seems like they're liking to use a lot of different tight ends there. Two is throwing a lot of touchdown to Adam Shaheen when the tight ends were actually there in practice because I believe the whole tight end group in Miami is not allowed to practice because their coach got COVID. Gronk, to me, he's like an outside of the top 12 punt kind of a tight end, but he's ranked pretty high on here. Irv Smith's the guy that I like, but you can wait a lot longer on Irv Smith overdrafting one in the sixth round. Looking at wide receivers, Devontae Smith, he is banged up as well. He should be good to go in the next couple of weeks, but that is obviously something to monitor. Juju, there's no way I'm drafting that guy inside of the sixth round. T. Higgins, DJ Chark is really impressing in training camp, which is good, but all the wide receivers are impressing in training camp. Which is good, but it's also kind of confusing because I thought we would really see someone carve out the clear wide receiver one role on this team, but I don't know if we're even going to see that. Maybe every week it's a different guy, which is worrisome. So at this point where it seems like everyone's tearing it up, I'd rather just draft the guy going latest, who is Marvin Jones, wide receiver of the Jaguars, Cortland Sutton, Chase Claypool, Jalen Waddle, Jerry Judy. No one I'm really feeling like is worthy of a sixth round pick at this spot besides Devontae Smith, but he is a a little bit banged up so there's definitely some risk with that again the running backs not super in love with quarterbacks 
I'm not really super confident enough to be drafting a quarterback in this range, if I'm being honest with you. I like Rodgers, but again, I'm not someone who likes to draft a quarterback super early. Trevor Lawrence seems to be ranked very high here on Sleeper, and they seem to be sleeping on Matthew Stafford and Ryan Tannehill. So we're going to end up going with a wide receiver at this pick. Again, I'm not ultra confident in saying this because a lot of reports out of training camp yesterday and today are that Joe Burrow's not looking the best. Now, I expect him to shake it off Taylor Swift style and be fine because maybe he's putting a little extra emphasis on the knee that he hurt last year, how he tore his ACL. He got so many injuries from that one injury. I believe he tore his MCL, his ACL, and his PCL. That's a lot of three-letter words that mean very bad things. So he's a little bit shaken up, a little bit nervous. So should that fix itself? Yes, it is kind of worrisome, but I'm still going to draft Higgins here, wide receiver of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that he is the best option to be drafting here for the Bengals, but would it surprise me if Jamar Chase outscored him? No, it would surprise me if Tyler Boyd did, so I'm pretty confident in T. Higgins, and I am confident that this is going to be a very pass-heavy team in Cincinnati. I feel like they are, and I've compared them so much in my mock drafts, so you're probably tired of hearing this if you've been watching my videos for a while, but... I will compare it because the Bengals are like the Cowboys of the AFC. They have a really good offense with a good quarterback, great wide receivers, but they have shit-tier defenses. So I think that T. Higgins could really flourish this year, especially later on in the game when they are forced to throw the ball. That was our 6.9 pick. Very nice. I like as Mr. Borat would say with the 6.9. After T. Higgins comes Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and Noah Fant to close out the sixth round. Let me tell you something. If you take Jalen Waddle inside the sixth round, that's not very accurate at all. You're crazy. You are genuinely crazy if you take Jalen Waddle in the sixth round, in my opinion. After Fant came the seventh round with Aaron Rodgers, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Cortland Sutton. Now, normally I like to really hammer out the running backs early, but we are kind of in that range where I'm unsure about them. I think Chase Edmonds is a fine pick in the seventh round as my wide or as my running back number four, but at wide receiver, I still see a lot of upside on the board. While I am a humongous fan of Deontay Johnson, and he is the wide receiver, in my opinion, to own in Pittsburgh, I think Chase Claypool has a pretty solid argument to be the second best wide receiver to be drafting there in Pittsburgh. I don't want anything to do with Mr. Corvette Corvette, Juju Smith-Schuster. Chase Claypool was snagging touchdowns all season long last year, and I believe he's a very big red zone threat for the Steelers team, but I personally kind of like Jerry Judy more, because I feel like he could be the true wide receiver one in Denver with all with all of this news that Corlin Sutton isn't looking the healthiest and maybe it's going to take some extra time for him to get back to 100% which is going to open the door wide open for Jerry Judy who I like slightly better than Chase Claypool at this point after Jerry Judy came DJ Chark Trevor Lawrence Chase Edmonds Leonard Fournette Raheem Mostert Ronald Jones Robbie Anderson Chase Claypool Debo Samuel Trey Sermon Kenyon Drake Dallas Godert James Conner David Johnson Brandon Cooks and Michael Carter Michael Carter is also one of those late round running backs that I really like I believe tomorrow's video is going to be my top five sleeper running back. So Michael Carter, just a spoiler alert, is going to be included inside of that video. So we got to hop back in on the running back train before it really falls off a cliff. Like it's already kind of taken a huge step down. But to me, after Damian Harris... It's just a complete and utter dart throw of a shot where your eyes are closed. You do a 360, you're fucking blindfolded. They smacked you with the pinata bat, and now you got to go ahead and throw a dart throw to try to land a running back. Whereas to me, Damian Harris is the clear running back one in New England. And that is a term that a lot of people say is a very loose term because 
The Patriots typically don't have just one running back that is the workhorse back there, but I believe if anyone has ever been it, it could be Damian Harris here in New England. Sure, James White is going to spell a bunch of his targets away from him, but I still think that Damian Harris is a very solid running back, and inside the eighth round as my running back for, that's exactly what I'm looking for. After Damian Harris comes Joe Burrow, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, Tyler, yeah, Boyd, Zach Moss, and LaVishka Chenault. So here typically is where I look to get a quarterback around the 9th, 10th, or 11th round range. Now, to me, Jalen Hurts, there's a lot of risk when you draft Jalen Hurts because he could just completely fall, I've said fall off a cliff, but completely simmer down. Not be as good as last year because maybe defenses figured him out. I'm not a big fan of Jalen Hurts. I think he's good because of this rushing upside. People talk about the Konami code at the quarterback position about how these rushing quarterbacks are cheat codes, and I agree with it. But I'd much rather take a guy that I believe in his talent like a Tom Brady. Maybe not Tom Brady. Maybe I'd edge Jalen Hurts slightly above him, but you know what you're getting with Tom Brady. You know what you're getting with Matthew Stafford in LA. Now, he did have a injury that could have been thought of as severe, but he did practice today, so he should be fine. Ryan Tannehill on a team that just brought in Julio Jones. They're going to be looking to pass the ball a lot. So to me, it's a real coin flip here between Matthew Snapback and Ryan Tannehill. A real pick-your-poison type of deal here. This time, we're going to go ahead and draft Ryan Tannehill, but we already had Derrick Henry, so maybe you would prefer to go with Matthew Stafford. To me, it doesn't really matter. I expect this Tennessee Titans offense to be scoring a whole lot of fucking points, especially now with Julio Jones there. And Ryan Tannehill is one of the most underrated quarterbacks because if you look at his stats, since he became the starter after he beat out Marcus Mariota, he is pretty similar, putting up pretty similar numbers to Pat Mahomes, who is largely considered the best quarterback in the NFL. After Ryan Tannehill came Tom Brady, Mike Gesicki, Rob Gronkowski, Jalen Hurts, Antonio Brown, Matt Stafford, Hollywood Brown, Logan Thomas to close out the ninth round. The 10th round begins with Rashad Bateman, Robert Tunyon, A.J. Dillon, Irv Smith, De uh, Devin Singletary, Deshaun Watson, Corey Davis, and Michael Pittman Jr. We got sniped on Irv Smith. That is a very tough scene. We are at the point of the tight end position where after Tyler Higby, in my opinion, there is a very extreme fall off to the tight ends where to me, you have to draft two of them. You have to mix and match them because one week, you may not want to be playing any of these guys. A guy like Janu Smith, Hunter Henry, how much value do they have in New England if they are both healthy? I'm honestly not sure. A guy like Austin Hooper, you might want to pair these guys together that have obviously different bye weeks to try to figure out a tight end week in and week out. You're really punting the tight end position at this point if you don't take Tyler Higby. So that's who we're going to have to go with here. I believe people are really sleeping on Tyler Higby, especially at this ADP inside the 10th, 11th, or 12th round where I'm seeing him go a lot of time. I'm in LA with Matthew Stafford. I think this is one of the best case scenarios for Tyler Higby. And now Gerald Everett is gone. So the door is even more open for targets this season. We saw Tyler Higby have an excellent 2019 campaign, but in 2020, he really kind of shelled up. He went into his shell, did not play all that well. But I think in 2021, we could see a bounce back season for Tyler Higby with Matthew Stafford under center. After Tyler Higby comes Mike Williams, Curtis Samuel. Justin Fields, Michael Gallup, Hunter Henry, and Gus Bus Edwards. So looking at our team right now, we have one, two, three, four running backs and one, two, three, four wide receivers. So a typical roster construction for me is to be drafting more running backs than wide receivers because at the end of the draft, when you're looking at the waiver wire, you're going to be like, wow, there's a lot of running backs on here that I don't like. 
There's a lot of running backs here that I can't play. And then imagine four weeks into the season when everyone's picking up running backs, dropping the guys that were useless. Now it's even more of a shit show at the running back position. But at wide receiver, every single week on the waiver wire, you're going to be able to just pick up some guy, play him in your lineup, and he's going to be probably perfectly fine. And that's very hard to do at running back. So that's why I like to hammer out the running backs later to kind of take those shots that those guys could be the golden ticket like you're in Willy Wonka to win you your league if you draft the correct guy. Now, normally, Jamal Williams would be a locked and loaded target on here for me, but we already have DeAndre Swift, so it's a handcuff. I don't like drafting my own handcuffs, in my opinion. I think it really limits the upside of my roster. So I'm going to go ahead here and draft Tony Pollard because if Zeke was to get hurt, then Tony Pollard's a top 10 running back. But I also might be interested here in drafting Naheem Hines instead because with the news about Carson Wentz being injured, maybe Jacob Beeson likes to dump the ball off and maybe Jonathan Taylor isn't in as much and Naheem Hines in that third down role is getting a lot of dump offs. And Naheem Hines was a very talented pass catcher last season for the Indianapolis Colts, so he's going to be my pick here over Tony Pollard because to me Tony Pollard has no use he is useless he can do zilch for your roster if Zeke is playing but with Jonathan Taylor playing I think Naheem Hines still has some value similar to how Jamal Williams still has some value with DeAndre Swift playing and how Gus Edwards has some value with J.K. Dobbins playing. So after I went Naheem Hines came his teammate T.Y. Hilton, Elijah Moore, Baker Mayfield, Henry Ruggs, Darnell. Here comes the Mooney, uh, Devontae Parker, Cole Hardman, Matt Ryan. The 12th round begins with Kenneth Gainwell, Zach Ertz, Rondell Moore, Kirk Cousins. You like that, Janu Smith, uh, Baltimore Ravens defense, Tony Pollard, and Harrison Bucker the fucker. Now, I will advise you not to draft a kicker or a defense early on in the draft, but in the 12th round, if you want to take a kicker, then go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. I won't judge you, but I still believe you should wait a little bit longer. Now, we still have one, two, three, four roster spots to fill on this team. Two bench spots and a kicker and a defense. So we're going to go ahead and snag another running back onto our team. Now, if we didn't take Tyler Higby, we would have needed another tight end. But I'm confident in our tight end in Mr. Tyler Higby. And I'm also confident in our quarterback. So I don't feel willing to draft another quarterback. So we are going to go with a running back here. And while I don't like drafting handcuffs, we are at the point where... I don't really like any of these other running backs. I don't. I like Alexander Madison, but he has no value without Dalvin Cook, with Dalvin Cook's healthy. And I don't have Dalvin Cook. Chuba Hubbard, he has value if Christian McCaffrey goes down. J.D. McKissick, he may be the only one back here that has standalone value besides Jamal Williams. So we're going to go with J.D. McKissick, who was relatively involved last year with Antonio Gibson healthy. Maybe he takes a step back this year with Antonio Gibson making that humongous leap up, but maybe he's more involved than we think. So I'll take J.D. McKissick here with the 12th round pick. After that, Evan Ingram, Trey Lance, Justin Tucker the fucker, Austin Hooper, Nelson Aguilar, my old bitch lame, but my young Hoku. And now we're back up on the board here. And we're going to go with a wide receiver to close out our team. And we're going to go with Marvin Jones. I talked about him a little earlier and about how I believe that while DJ Chark's the first wide receiver off the board, it seems as though, or for that team, it seems as though everyone is lighting it up. So why wouldn't I take the latest round option in Marvin Jones, who does have that big game potential? Russell Gage also lighting it up in practice. He is a late round target for me, but I did speak about Marvin Jones later. So I figured he would be a chef's kiss ending to this video. So after I went with Marvin Jones came the Bucks defense, Amon Ross St. Brown, Rodrigo Blankenship, Steelers defense, Washington football team, nine 
49ers, Rams, Colts, Jason Sanders, Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams, Chuba Hubbard, Russell Gage, Cole Beasley, Browns defense, and Jared Cook. So we're going to go ahead and draft a kicker and a defense here. First, we're going to go with our kicker, Tyler Bass Pro Shops, and then we're going to go ahead and draft a defense. The way I draft defenses is I look to draft a defense that's playing a shitty offense in week one or an offense that I believe is going to struggle week one and stream them every single week. So after week one, if they have a harder opponent, I just find a new defense for week two, so on and so forth. So we're going to go with the Seattle Seahawks right now. Are they the best defensive matchup week one? I don't know yet, but like I've been saying in these mock drafts, I will be doing that research relatively soon to get you guys the defenses you need to be drafting. So now let's go ahead and pull our team up even bigger on here. And I'll move myself over so you can see the whole roster. I'll even make myself very big on here so you guys can see you can see me in all of my glory so <laughs> So our team at the end of the draft is quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Our running backs are Swift and Derrick Henry. Our wide receivers are Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley. Our tight end is Tyler Higbee. Our flex is Miles Gaskin. Our kicker is Tyler Bass Pro Shop. Our defense is Seattle Seahawks. Our bench is comprised of T. He Higgins, Jerry Judy, Damian Harris, Naheem Hines, J.D. McKissick, and Marvin Jones. So thank you guys all so much for watching. I love you guys so much. I hope that if you did end up enjoying that you will hit that subscribe button down below. I hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. Make sure to stay safe as always. Good boy!